today on CityCast Madison. Do you want to know a secret? Madison has the first ever electric fire truck in use in the nation. Portland, Oregon has now picked up on the trend. They've added an electric fire truck to their fleet, and it started right here. Madison is helping lead the way on climate change by ditching our gas guzzlers for electric vehicles, including on some of our worst offenders. So of course, we had to scope it out. It's Monday, July 3rd. I'm Bianca Martin, and here's what Madison's talking about. I'm here at the Station 8 Firehouse over by Easttown Mall with producer Dylan Brogan. Let's head in and see this marvel. Madison firefighters Dan Bellavark and Josh Bolly are showing us around. It looks like every other fire truck. Big, shiny, and red. But inside, there's a huge battery instead of a diesel engine. We let it go through the ignition startup process. And then we hit our start switch, hold it for a moment, and we hear it fire up. Rig is running and everything's in normal mode. Let's meet Assistant Fire Chief Scott Bavery to see how this all came about. How did Madison become the first city with the first ever electric fire truck in use in the country? Yeah, that's a great question, Bianca. And, and, and we're pretty blessed that we have a partnership with Pierce and have had one for such a long time. Pierce is up in Appleton, which is obviously uh, not too far from Madison. So we've had uh, Pierce vehicles throughout our agencies for as long as I can remember for a long time, especially now all of our fire engines and ladder trucks are, are, are manufactured here in Wisconsin and, and proudly at, at Pierce. So um, it was years ago, uh, Chief Davis at the time, who is now uh, retired, actually went up to, to Pierce and talked to their VP and I think even got a meeting with the president and basically told him like, hey, at some point, we're not the only fire department, but at some point, I hope you're looking at electric electrification for fire engines. I know when I got in the fire service and I've been following electric vehicles, I think it's pretty impressive. I never thought that we'd see an electric fire engine in my, in my career. I really didn't. I thought maybe an ambulance, definitely some of the support vehicles, chief's cars, pickup trucks, some of those things. Little did we know at the time, Pierce was actually working on one already. It was obviously a big secretive thing um, with the technology and a competitive process there for an organization, right, for a company to, to produce this truck. So eventually they did come to Madison and say, hey, we are working on this fire truck concept. Would you be willing to be a, a part of it? Uh, this firehouse was, was picked for many reasons, but um, one of the reasons is the crew that was here. That was really a big part of it. Are you talking about where we are right now at Station 8? Yep. The chief really, right, we had our choice where this rig could go. We wanted it to be a busy firehouse, which Station 8 is, uh, meets that criteria. It, it goes on fire calls and EMS calls, and, and um, it's kind of an all-hazard type of area here. They see a lot of variety of calls. Um, so it really fit the model of what Pierce was looking for to really test it. What do you think the benefit is to having this non-diesel engine fire truck? Like, how is that going to benefit the department and the city? I get that question a lot, and, and these fellows can, can chime in too if, if they have input, but it, it's really not a cost saving at this point. So there was a significant savings in diesel fuel. Um, after one, one year use of, of the fire truck, we saved approximately $13,000 in diesel fuel. Um, we also um, experienced some savings in, in maintenance costs. 
But the flip side of that, we saw some increases in energy costs, right, for, from our bills that we're paying Madison Gas and Electric. There's a push there, and it's not just cost, right? It's, it's more about what, what it's doing to the environment. And that's the biggest benefit to your question earlier is why we think it's important. Based on a year's run total, it was uh, the data came up that we would save 60,000 pounds of CO2 uh, in, wow. into the atmosphere, right? So that's, that's the why. Can you talk about a little bit like what it means to repair this truck versus your traditional diesel trucks or the maintenance? Like what's different there? A lot of the stuff that we've seen on this truck, um, you know, it's not the typical like components of a, of, a, as a, of a diesel engine in there, right? So, however, there's, there's a lot of times that they would take the truck out of service for technical updates, right? There's some, a lot more electronics in this and, and some of those they could do remotely. Sometimes it, it wouldn't need to go out of service. Sometimes it would. Our um, fleet mechanics uh, weren't allowed to get into this truck very much, right? Again, the fleet, uh, Pierce would send down technicians to, to do most of the work, or we'd send the truck back up with them to do that work because of the, I guess, the secretiveness or the importance of, of keeping that technology kind of bundled in because they were doing this competitive process, right? And it was just a, a, a demo truck. It has a system on board where a couple of times we just poured it out onto the ramp here in Madison, but their technicians up in Appleton were diagnosing and looking at the computer and seeing what was wrong. By the way, that's firefighter Dan Bellabark. Some of the things they had to work on were was the uh, transmission. We had some transmission shifting issues when we first got it. And the way they fixed it was the engineers that worked on the transmission came down, plugged a computer, a laptop, into the rig and we just drove around with them trying to mimic what was what it was doing and as we did so they could see on the laptop and they would adjust the transmission as we were driving the men and women that that kind of fought through the process of right of dealing with this because it, it caused more work for these individuals but it's really cool work because most fire departments never ever have an opportunity to get involved in something like ground breaking is this to like basically demo something that's this I don't know, this, this much of an improvement for the, for the fire service is, is unheard of. But what was really important with having this test model truck um, be done here in Wisconsin, a few reasons. Pierce really wanted to put this through the ringer with the different climates. Mm -hmm. So to get that real hot weather created some issues, right? And then that real cold weather created some issues. So what a great uh, place to do it here in Madison and, and, and experience those four different seasons. Has anything surprised you so far in driving the truck or any of the components or just generally in terms of teamwork and any any collaboration? I mean, that's easy for me, just doing my first podcast on it. <laughs> <laughs> I knew it was a big thing, right, to, in the fire service. I'm probably the one that's taken all the calls, right? Fire chiefs or fleet managers or even politicians from, from definitely all over the country. But we've had people come visit here from Canada. We'd have had people, I think one department came from Europe. Mm -hmm. The fire service is a big animal. And when we can step back and kind of look at it from the bird's eye view of the impact that this can have on departments all over the country and even the world, again, it is pretty, pretty impressive. It's pretty humbling to actually be a part of it. This is the first one. Is there a plan to try and grow the fleet to have more electric or maybe even have an entirely electric fleet? Yeah, it's a it's a great question. The the technology is not there on the ladder trucks yet. The bigger the bigger trucks, I, I guarantee it. Uh, these companies are working on it. Um, I personally um, am focused on electric 
diversification of our of our fleet as much as we can. Now, with that said, we also have to be mindful, right, of the cost. Um, but it doesn't just end with fire trucks in our organization, right? We we're, we've been buying electric lawnmowers, right? We we're looking at electric chainsaws. We got electric hydraulic uh, tools now. And there's and there's, our chief cars are all uh, hybrids. So we're looking at electrification of, of other things too as well. We're starting to see like I mean the city has buses now that are electric. We're, we saw uh, there's a dump truck, or I'm sorry, a cement mixer that's that's running around electric to move that much weight around, right? And 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 Dan mentioned a little bit even like even these trucks for us, it's not just moving it around, but it's also this is a life saving piece of equipment and and significant consequences happen if something happens as truck in route to someone and that was one of the really worrisome part that we had hence the the diesel engine backup um, it's not a hybrid because it doesn't charge the battery but just to make sure that that was in place so uh, there's a lot goes to it with because it's it's different compared to maybe um, you know a cement truck going down the road but you just brought up something that really struck me when we were talking about the health aspect for the men and women who are working in the fire department that this electric truck that it really minimizes there's not the diesel fumes and that impacts the health of the firefighters can you talk about that yeah it's it's definitely a push you know like the the men and women that are in the fire service are at high risk for a lot of things health-wise um, as far as like obviously people think of, of cancer um, people think of uh, heart attacks people think of getting uh, you know falling through a, f- a floor um, at, a, at a fire, anything that we can do to, to reduce some of the, the issues, right? It's a quieter rig, so we don't have as problems, even things like, like as we get older and been on the job a long time, our hearing, obviously the fumes that you mentioned. So that's a, that's a constant thing in the fire service, and, and, and uh, hopefully we continue to improve those type of things and, and can continue to eventually lower those numbers down. We used to have Wednesday, I think it was, was wall washing day. We used to have to wash the walls and the stalls because of the old diesels that weren't really filtered. I mean, they would just be covered with soot. And at many stations, we would have the doors blocked open. So we were just letting all that into the stations. Well, here, here to innovation. So I'm a mustache fan in every sense. And I'm excited to see there are two mustaches at the table. Something that you commonly see in fire departments are men with mustaches. And I, you know, I laud that. And I also have heard that there's potentially a history behind it and that there might be a functionality. And that might be a myth, but I am extremely curious if it's true and if it's more, is it just a culture thing or is there some function to having a mustache as a firefighter? I can't, oh. an- I can't answer. I don't have one. Yeah. I, w- I would say some's urban legend, some's myth. I mean, yes, there are the stories about uh, like soak them in water with a rag and use them for a filter where some would actually put Vaseline on them and be able to go through. But if you think Vaseline petroleum jelly is flammable with it, I mean, I have I've had uh, some individuals ask kind of like why we have smaller, goofy ones. Well, for the most part, they have to be shaved to a certain point where our air mask will fit over them and have an airtight seal. Some of the large, traditional, big, bushy, heavy mustaches with the curled up handlebars on them, those are nice. And I think it, the, the, some of them is just a tradition to try to grow them. Bell's a big mustache fan, too. You kind of have to earn yeah. your mustache as the way it used to be anyways. How do you I'm earn your Vikings? Yeah, well, just being on the job doing work, putting your time in. 
this is so exciting for our city and such a point of pride and you all already are a point of pride for us. So thank you for your time. You're welcome. That's Madison Firefighters, Dan Bellavark, Josh Bali, and Assistant Fire Chief Scott Bavery. And here's what else Madison's talking about. Trash. A reminder that if you normally put out garbage or recycling bins on Tuesdays, the city will not be coming by on July 4th. Instead, you should bring your carts to the curb on Wednesday, July 5th. If you normally take out the trash on Wednesday, don't worry, that's still happening as regularly scheduled. City drop-off sites for large items and brush are open today and Wednesday, but will be closed on Tuesday. And tomorrow is your last chance to see Independence Day fireworks. The city of Monona, who usually puts on a big display, is launching fireworks at Winnequa Park. Fair warning, parking is limited near the park, so best to arrive before sunset. If the near west side is closer to home, the village of Shorewood Hills has fireworks at the Blackhawk Country Club. Maple Bluff has you covered too. The village's fireworks show is at Beach Park, but there are also nice views in Madison at Burroughs, Tenney, and James Madison Parks. But there are also nice views in Madison at Burroughs, Tenney, and James Madison Parks. And Wanaboom in Wanakee ends its 4th of July celebration with fireworks at Rip Park. All these displays start around dusk. That's all for today here on CityCast Madison. I'm Bianca Martin. If you enjoyed the show, why not share this podcast with a mustachioed friend? We'll be back Wednesday morning with more stories from around the city. Happy 4th, y'all. <laughs>